The Blokebusters Podcast is a proud member of the Pod Bros Network, where you can find us as well as other excellent podcasts such as Sarcasm City, Worst Millennials, and Late Night Gamers at podbros.com. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Blokebusters Podcast. Tonight's story is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. Today we are canceling the apocalypse! Wait a minute, wait a minute, you ain't heard nothing yet. And uh, this is? Lilu Dallas Multipass. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Houston, we have a problem. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here, this is the war room. Now, where was I? Welcome to episode 110 of Blogbusters. I am Paul, and today I am joined by the wonderful ladies Donna and Laura from the Soapy Madden podcast. Hi. How are you doing? Hello. <laughs> We're doing good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in unison already. <laughs> All right, that's, that's fun. All right, so why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about what your podcast does? Uh, we are a podcast where we talk about and contrast the different themes and tropes of British versus American soap operas. And we watch four soap operas. We watch we watch um, Corey, Emmerdale, EastEnders, and General Hospital is our American one that we watch. And we talk about them all every week. And we have a big laugh and generally just gossip, crack each other up. Gossip and yeah. gossip. <laughs> gossip and crack each other up. Yeah. That's what we do. It's a lot of fun, and you don't even really have to watch soap operas to enjoy them because we sum up everything that's going on, and uh, the people that listen to our show that don't watch soap operas say that they can keep up with the stories just <laughs> with us telling them over and over again. After a while, they get familiar with who the characters are, and, and they like it. So It's fun. Yeah, it's a good time. <laughs> it's very silly. Yeah, and for those of you uninitiated, Corey means Coronation Street. Yes. Which is, uh, which is possibly the longest running English yep. soap, I think. It's been going quite <laughs> a while. Yes, it has. <laughs> so, yes, very quickly, I'll get uh, sort of nuts and bolts stuff out of the way and we can dive right into why you guys are here. So, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or Vero at Blokebusters. You can email us. The blokes at blokebusters.com. You can go to blokebusters.com and check out a lovely website. You can go to podbros.com and look for us there as well as other fine shows. We also now have a Patreon account where you can find some rewards just kind of sitting around there. And if you wish to throw some money at us, that would be absolutely lovely. And uh, uh, <laughs> once we get to 10 patrons, we are going to start releasing the raw audio that is recorded when we're doing this and that includes the pre-record stuff that we test just to make sure the audio is working so for for all patrons they'll get to listen to that if they wish to all right and with all that <laughs> so you guys are coming on here and i said hey is there anything you want to record about and you suggested soap dish <laughs> and my response was What's that? Because I've never heard of it <laughs> yeah, before. Oh, you hadn't seen it. Yeah, that's right. Because it wasn't released in England, no. right? Or anywhere no, in the UK. Not. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Because it's, yeah. you know, it's American. So. It, it's it an American soap opera 
uh, farce. So yes, so, I'm personally uh, offended that I've never heard of this before because I loved it. <laughs> I was so excited. Uh, so, so yes, this film directed by Michael Hoffman, and I had a quick look at his filmography, and I've not seen anything else that he's done. <laughs> and it had a budget of twenty-five million dollars, and it managed to do at the box office entirely domestically. Thirty-six million four hundred eighty-nine thousand eight hundred eighty-eight U.S. dollars. So it made its budget back, but if you take into account the promotional side, it might not have made all of its budget back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but it didn't have to advertise outside of the U.S. So <laughs> it actually might have just broken even there. Yeah. So right. Is is that pretty typical for this kind of comedy in your experience? I was curious about that. I I would say this style is very different from something I'd really seen before. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure what to compare it to, but I would say that something like this is a little bit niche. So yeah, that's what I, I was going to say. A niche comedy, you know. So yeah, I I think that that's a probably what I would have expected from it, especially since it only released in America. Mm. So, right. so yes, this film has a bit of a cast to it. So uh, we'll, we'll get into most of them, but I'll just throw them out really quick and then we can actually talk about the plot. Uh, but we got Sally Field, well, I Kevin I just wanted Klein. to mention to you, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I go just ahead. wanted to mention to you that the, uh, the director directed a movie called Restoration, which you should also watch. That's really good. Restoration. All right. It's the I'll only one I recognize on the list, but it is fabulous. <laughs> it's an early Robert Downey Jr. thing. And it has the actor that played, um, uh, who's the professor in Harry Potter that's the werewolf? Um, oh, uh, that's Lupin. So uh, that is. Uh, yeah, David you don't. Thoulis. You can edit this out if you want. I'm sorry, yeah. David Thewlis. Yes, David Thewlis is in it as well, and also well, a whole bunch of other people that are wonderful. So check it out. Uh, it's really good. And uh, well, speaking of people that uh, that are in films, uh, yes, this one has, and I'm I'm just going to run down the list here. Sally Field, Kevin Klein, Robert Downey Jr., Kathy Moriarty, Elizabeth Shue, Whoopi Goldberg, Carrie Fisher, Gary Marshall, Terry Hatcher, Kathy Najimy, Paul Johansson, and Sheila Kelly are the main listed cast here. And that that's one hell of a, mm. a list. That is a really, really good cast. <laughs> and, it, and yes, it for those huge. of you wondering, uh, this film came out in 1991, so it is a very young Robert Downey Jr. He's a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. And also one of the stars of General Hospital that's been on there for years, probably 30 years, Finola Hughes plays Anna Devane in General Hospital, and she's in there as well. So little, oh. that's a little Easter egg for the soap fans. There yeah. may be other soap <laughs> actors in there too. I'm just not really, I don't know. That's the only one I recognize. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, so I think, Probably the best place to start then with this is sort of just initial thoughts on the film. So I I will go first here just because I obviously had never heard of this before you mentioned it. And so I sat down to watch right. it. And I'll be perfectly honest, this film took me three separate watches to get through. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, I, I was watching it and I think it's kind of good in that 
way because it clearly set out to be what it actually was parodying mm-hmm. but it felt so much like an american soap opera that i had trouble <laughs> sitting through it <laughs> um, now i i will say there are several uh, bits in it that i thought were very good and some of the acting is just clearly they're having fun and it's great to watch uh, but yes, it feels so much like an American soap opera that I would have trouble saying that I really enjoyed it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I am glad that I watched it. <laughs> so I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> so uh, what about you, Tudor? <laughs> um, well, I thoroughly Yo, enjoyed it. You go it. ahead, Laura. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And yeah. I thought it was a very true depiction of the American soap, but what I did have trouble with was the several levels of reality <laughs> and character names in this. I was like, okay, so you're what? You're who? So I shall refer to them as the actor's name, probably <laughs> through most of this. <laughs> well, she was trying to, she was struggling like, I can't remember the, the character's name that's playing the character. <laughs> what character are they playing in the fake soap? And what's the name no. of the actor on this? That was really funny. So, <laughs> like... Yeah. Yeah, there was uh... a lot of that. <laughs> well, I love this film. It's one of my favorites. And because I love American soap operas, uh, for probably exactly the reasons that you'd find them distasteful because they are <laughs> glitzy and unrealistic and everybody's a superstar or a mafia kingpin or they all live in mansions or they're doctors. And there's no postmen on American soap operas. <laughs> yeah. It's a complete fantasy world. And everything that happens is ridiculously overdramatic and overdone and everyone's beautiful and they all have great teeth and you know it's it's th- that's what I love about it because it's so goofy it's like a it's a fantasy that's contemporary it's contemporary fantasy of the best possible kind and I love it so much that I love to make fun of it um and this was just <laughs> so good it was so amazing because they were going through and the main plot i can tell you that's probably been a plot that's been done in every american soap opera (laughs) that there is and probably some british ones too if we're honest right so and i love the (laughs) one-liners oh my gosh the one-liners just (laughs) i just love that kind of movie so the humor is in the style of clue uh, and, and things like that where you have these just sort of snappy one-liners mm-hmm. that, that just, you're like, wait a minute, what? What's going on? <laughs> and you're yes. just laughing. You're like, I don't know what's going on, but that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. You know, Pretty much me. Yeah, yeah I, I would definitely agree that uh, it felt Clue-esque uh, for some of it, although nothing ever quite came close to... Say Madeline Kahn, just flames, flames on the side of my face. Yes, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it's funny to watch Sally Field in comedic stuff because she's such a powerful, dramatic actress that it's interesting that she can also do jokes. She Mm. can tell jokes too, so it's, it's pretty fun. Yeah, I love that thing about her saying that she doesn't want a turban on her head. She's like, I'm not Gloria Swanson. She's dead. I'm 42 and I don't want to look like a dead actress. 
<laughs> I love Sally Field. And the she turban so thing good. was hilarious. Because you might actually see like somebody wearing a, a, a it's not like a proper turban. It's mm-hmm. just one of those ladies hats that they call the turban style hat. Mm-hmm. And it went yeah. out of fashion in the 30s. <laughs> but you'll still occasionally see really outdated stuff like that on, on soaps every yeah. now and then. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it was interesting to to watch this, and oh, like I said, I, I had the trouble getting through it, but uh, um, entirely kind of uh, how well it did what it was trying to do. But yeah, I think probably my favorite thing about this film was Kevin Klein. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh, he's so funny. because <laughs> yeah, he he clearly was the person having the most fun on set mm-hmm. i think cause he was able to just play this complete sort of buffoon who <laughs> he feels he's just such a proper actor and <laughs> yes <laughs> he just didn't get his proper chance because someone screwed him over <laughs> and yeah it was just so wonderful and he clearly thinks that he is the sexiest man in the room whenever he... <laughs> yes oh, even above bolt <laughs> bolt oh my god so funny well and i if i could briefly just talk about that the the idea that acting in a soap is a lesser role for an actor is one that soap actors sort of fight with all the time yeah. because I mean, you can talk to Laura. It's interesting because they are pretty cheesy a lot of the time. Yeah. But you do get some moments where you're like, wow, this person is yeah, actually really, really, really good. You know, mm-hmm. you can see yeah. their full range. And it, uh, the other thing from the actor's point of view is it is a permanent full-time job, mm-hmm. which you do not get as an actor. If you have a chance to be on a soap opera for years and years and years and that that's the first big thing that you ever get to do, most actors will take it because it means the difference between eating and not and staying in the business or not Mm -hmm. and it's so it's one of those things and there's lots of really wonderful actors that came from soaps Uh, i can tell you i can name several off my head but probably the most famous that you would hear about is nathan fillion Mm -hmm. who was in firefly and all the other things he was in one life to live as joey for years like 10 years i think so yeah i didn't realize he was from I mean, you hear about, like, George Clooney, obviously, he was in yeah. ER, or, mm-hmm. um, yeah. or one of the Hemsworths was in, I think it was Home and Away mm-hmm. for yes. uh, quite a while. Yep, so, yep, uh, yep. It's a good place to start. There's really. quite a few people. Yeah. The gal on Broadchurch was on Doctors. I can't remember what her name is. Olivia. Uh, Olivia Coleman. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> so it's a good font for, it's a really good sort of, training ground for actors learning the business i think and a lot of people just get to the point where they're like i really love this show i love the people i love the community i love having a full-time job and it becomes like their family and they just stay there until they die and yeah. it's so it's really interesting to me that they put that in the movie so yeah. <laughs> that, that they they kind of touched on that whole aspect of it mm-hmm. well and and then you also just get some of the people who they have been in other things and then they kind of join the cast and and again they are in it for years and years and years mm-hmm. uh, 
the one that jumped out to me because I'm a fan of Red Dwarf is Craig Charles joined. Same. I think it was Coronation Street. It was, yeah. Uh, hmm. And he was the taxi. He was basically the taxi driver in Coronation Street for yeah. years after Red Dwarf, <laughs> uh, until they came back and then he had to leave. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's That's uh, funny. it's it's always interesting talking about soaps because, as you said, yes, there is just the the stereotype that all soaps are just so cheesy and mm-hmm. people that don't watch so don't understand why someone that does watch so does watch them and, <laughs> and i'll be honest i kind of the same way my mum would watch eastenders occasionally and coronation street sometimes and so she was kind of following it and i would mm-hmm. see it from time to time and i would just watch an episode and, like, and how is this any different to the one you watched two weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> they seem to be having the same conversations and they're arguing about the same things and only someone's had a haircut and it's just <laughs> yeah. it's true but, but uh but yeah and you... isn't that true for other kinds of shows though i always ask that it's American shows, I mean, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's true for it, British shows too. I mean, British mystery shows, it's all going to, it's very formulaic. Yeah. You're going to get a detective who's a certain kind of person. Oh, very much get, so. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of shows that are formulaic, and soaps are not alone. Oh, no, I, I know exactly so. what you mean. I just finished watching the seventh season of Death in Paradise on Netflix, okay. and, and that is. Right. Very much the same thing. <laughs> Anyone that hasn't seen it, though, but, I hardly recommend it because the acting in it is very good. And, and cop shows and medical shows yeah. and there's all, I mean, they all have their kinds of tropes. I think the problem is that soaps get dinged yeah, for it get, more than other shows because, but, you know. It, but it's the same thing, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, I think it, soaps often run into the same problem that a lot of American shows do, especially American shows that are translated from English shows, mm-hmm. because what happens is you have to create 23 episodes of a show out of something that originally ran for six. Yeah. And so you just pad it and pad it and you mm-hmm. keep going back to tropes that have worked in the past, hoping that they're going to work this time. <laughs> and soaps have to run effectively all year. Yeah. So you're going to yep. hit duplicate plot lines oh, from definitely. time to time well i just don't think there's any other way for them to do it like you like you're saying so i mean but again the british soaps are this way as well they have to keep returning to the same tropes and like when you get rid of one villain you have to get an, another yeah. one like american villains are i don't i've only been watching the british soaps for a, sh- a short period of time again i watched them a little bit while i lived there in the early 90s but it was a long time ago um and so catching up, I'd never watched much EastEnders and, I, and I'd never watched much Emmerdale and I find I love Emmerdale and that's supposed to be the orphan child you know, uh, that everybody's like, man, I don't like, and I love that show. And I cannot tell you how much I show it to other American soap fans in there. You're like, I love this show. It's just really appealing to us for some reason. And I don't know why that is, but, uh, but yeah, they all have that, that repeat, repeat, repeat kind of thing going on and i kind of don't think they have any choice i like eastenders seems to have a pattern where they get they get rid of one bad guy and then they have to immediately find another (laughs) bad guy to put in um because they just need to have one person in walford that's evil i guess so but american soaps have like resident villains villains that keep getting away with it for 20 years and you have the same villain for years and years and years and years and they just never ever go down so (laughs) i mean they they're they're beaten but they're not 
they're not usually yeah. killed. They usually are just like, you know, taken out for a little while and then they come back and we just had a really evil one come back <laughs> just this last week actually. So that we thought was gone forever. So well, well that's I mean that's yeah. kind of the same of as we were saying, even outside of especially actually, weirdly, so cartoon shows, like kids shows, you have the villain yeah. that either disappears for a while or like I don't like claw in his special gadget. Yes. Next time, gadget. Like it's just. Yeah, <laughs> yeah tr- and and superhero superhero comics yeah. have that trope as guy. well, where you have it, it, the same guy keeping. And the heroes sometimes disappear. I don't. I can't even remember how many times. Like how many times has Phoenix come back from the dead? I mean, I know that's her thing. But... <laughs> kind of in the name. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, yeah, but you know what I mean. It's like. That's 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 a great character because like that's a living trope, right? Of, <laughs> yeah. of that kind of deal. So. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's a lot in common with soaps and other kinds of shows. I think I was just going to say that the the reason that soaps get dinged a lot more is because the lighting isn't so great. Um, the the sets are usually not that great. They don't have a lot of yeah. money and never have. And so I think it's just harder for people to sort of get used to that sort of clunkiness of it. But the other thing about it is that they they may not be the most stellar people at coming up with original plots, but they have the most interesting characters. And some of them are really layered and complex. And some of the storylines that you deal with are, are really that way and everything. So it's it's that's why we, we like them. But... So the movie is making fun of both soaps and it's sort of, it's it's a farce, but it's also got some warmth behind it. It like, you can tell that the people who wrote this movie watch yeah, soap operas definitely. and, and oh, yeah. are fans of them because you can't make fun of something adequately unless you understand mm-hmm. it and know it. So. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and I, I think probably one of my favorite bits of dialogue is Whoopi Goldberg fighting with Robert Downey Jr. by basically explaining that there's no way Kevin Klein's character could possibly come back because he was <laughs> <Yes>. beheaded. <laughs> yes, he was decapitated. Can't write for a guy with no head. And the the explanation Robert Downey Jr. gives on how he can come back was I thought that was a very soap like plot for American soap. Yeah, they just put it on ice and they just reconstructed it, it was fine. <laughs> that is that's stuff like that happening in American soaps all the time that would not happen in a British soap but, but it can in American ones where where medicine is magic yeah, definitely. and yeah. science is magic well, and, so. and how you had Laurie they started her out as a deaf mute and then it's like oh now yes. she can talk <laughs> she gets her she gets everything back she's fine now <laughs> with like, like okay. no explanation really <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think the the final scene when they are having to live, which is a very odd <laughs> way of doing it, yeah. read through a scene that none of them know the lines of, and they have to yes. just read off stage like, "Oh, Laurie has brain fever." Okay, and yeah, just just. I think that scene was a really good culmination of here's everything stupid about recurring plots, yeah. but we're just gonna 
really had fun with it. So. Mm. <laughs> oh, completely. But, you know, soap operas in America, um, sometimes, I don't know if it was all of them, but in the early days in the 60s, some of them did get shot in front of live audiences because a lot of television was in front of li live audiences then. So um, yeah. I thought that that was kind of interesting, yeah. a throwback to that. A lot of um, Coronation Street in the 60s was actually broadcast live. Like, there was no edits, it was just the actors were doing it as the audience were watching it at home. So yeah, that's that. kind of a little bit of a hark back. Yeah. <laughs> Although that, that must be really a logistical nightmare to plan <laughs> yeah, out. definitely. They do it every now and again still, like yeah. for special occasions, but what a nightmare. Well, it, yeah, it's one of those things where, like, if you think about it, there are films that have long takes. Like, I believe in mm -hmm. Children of Men, I think it is, there's a 17-minute long take. Yeah. And you don't want to be the guy at minute 14 that messes up your line. <laughs> no. like, and and this is 30, well, depending on, depending on the soap, what channel it's on and which country it's in, it's yeah. either going to be 22 minutes, 30 minutes, 28 minutes, or like 46 <laughs> minutes or whatever. So... Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that they decided. And was it? Maybe you can tell me this since you've seen the film mm -hmm. more than I have. Was it always live, or did they just decide to go live at the end? Oh, in the movie? No, in the movie they. I think they. Uh, the idea was that they went live because it was a big event mm. ah. because it had the public's attention because there was a real life soap opera <laughs> story going on. <laughs> So they were telling the story of the characters in the fake soap opera, but they were also telling the story of the characters who are actors on that soap. Yeah. So it was just a big, dumb, meta, like, ball of confusion. And so, yeah. And it was because the soap opera exec just wanted more attention. He's like, this is going to get us all sorts of money. Come on. You know, I love it when he says, I'm, I'm paid. I'm paid a million point five dollars a year to make these decisions, or whatever yeah. it was he said. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, uh, that was it. Yes, uh, it's not easy making these decisions, but I'm paid one and a half million dollars a year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, <laughs> I loved the oh, scene, gosh. like the writers' room, when they were throwing out yes. all the weird. <laughs> suggestions the for writer's what room oh, that was brilliant well we talk a lot about the writer's room on our show <laughs> whenever we whenever we have an idea but what happens next we're like what what is going on in the writer's room are they doing this are they yeah. doing that and i then, i was yeah. just kind of surprised that they didn't throw in a joke of where someone throws out a plot line and yeah, Robert Downey Jr. just dismisses it entirely, and then thirty seconds later, he would put it forward as his own, and everyone would have to go brilliant. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> oh, that would have been quite realistic, I think. <laughs> sort of happened that so not him, but some of the other characters were like, "This is a terrible idea." Oh, it's a great idea. <laughs> it was really fun to see some of these things, especially with the writers, because it had that, and uh, it. I only noticed this a while ago when my wife decided to rewatch Gilmore Girls. Yeah. And I don't know how common it is in American soaps, but at least in Gilmore Girls, 
There are no pauses between dialogue, between characters. (laughs) The second someone has finished talking, the next person immediately starts the line. So there's just (laughs) constant talking, and that's what it felt like whenever there was the back and forth between the cast. It was a bit, like, a bit manic (laughs) at times. I was like, what's happening? Yeah, especially with Whoopi Goldberg, uh, because obviously she can just go with it she's mm-hmm. got that manic energy to her and then you had everyone else just reacting around her so it was it was very very interesting to see and uh occasionally a little difficult to follow yeah <laughs> yeah i had the, the subtitles on the whole film <laughs> yeah so did i i i've i've gotten used to doing that now with some films just because it's it's way easier than having to <laughs> Having to try and follow along. Yeah. So I'll just read it really quickly. <laughs> I do that with the British soap operas. I, Having lived there, I understand um, the northern accents. I understand really well because I lived in Manchester. So those are okay. When they hit my ears, I'm like, okay, I think I, I, think I understand that. <laughs> but the EastEnders is that really, really sharp, fast, blurry London accent. And... <laughs> I can't. Sometimes they'll be talking, and I'm like, I have no idea what these guys are saying. So I need to back up, put the closed captioning on, just to get what they're saying. So I'm, I'm completely with you. Sometimes when it's going super fast, you've just got to put it on. No. So I take it you can't watch the film Snatch without the subtitles. Then I don't know if you've seen. I've never actually seen it. I've never tried to watch it. You should just because it's, it is a fantastic Guy Ritchie film. But yes, Brad Pitt. For whatever reason, I don't know why they picked him, but Brad Pitt plays a pikey who has an accent that nobody has. <laughs> and you, you genuinely well, can't yeah. understand half of what he says. And there was, act- there was actually a subtitle option on the DVD to subtitle what he was saying, but it didn't... What it did was it didn't actually subtitle the words he was saying. It yeah. came up with what the line meant. Like a translation... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. it's, uh, it's very hard to understand him in that film yes and uh, it's really funny yeah, it, it really is uh, it really is fun to watch though like you know, obviously growing up in England like I didn't know anyone that taught like that but I did know people <laughs> that were kind of like that and that's yeah. the entire point <laughs> yeah right 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 well, it sounds the same to us, though, when when English people or British people do American accents and they're and people are like, well, like Hugh Laurie. Oh, he's so good. And I'm like, yeah, he, I mean, if he was acting in a 1940s gangster film, yes, but no, he doesn't sound normal. He sounds weird. It's like nobody talks like that. You're going to have to edit a whole bunch of that out because it's got nothing to do with the movie that well, we watched. We're, tan- we're tangenting on Clearly it. you have never okay. listened to this podcast before because this is what we do. <laughs> I should keep on track for you because it's all my fault. I get off on Oh, no, it's fine. I'm more than happy to go off on tangent whenever they occur. So. <laughs> but I love you. Just to wrap it up, I love you, Lori. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. I- I just didn't agree that he sounded American. Yeah, there I adore him as Bertie Wooster, which is my favorite role of his. Ah, yes. Ah, I haven't watched that in ages. I am a Woodhouse. I'm a, I'm a Woodhouse nut. Ah. Uh, yeah. Love all those. Uh, so, 
Uh, is there anything about Soap Dish then, bringing it back to that, that uh, you yes. would really want to bring up to, to tell anyone about? Or, uh, to... Well, I'll let Laura start. Uh, I really loved the twist <laughs> where um, Kevin Klein's character was seemingly dating Laurie. And we didn't know why Celeste was being so upset about it. And in the middle of that scene, I was like, Donna, oh my God, what just happened? (laughs) And she revealed on camera, you're my daughter. (laughs) I thought that was amazing. I should have seen it coming, but I didn't see it coming. (laughs) But I loved it. Yeah, that that was... uh... That was a fun little thing, especially given some of the reactions later. I think the scene where uh, Laurie and Kevin Klein's character are talking after that, and he's just like, well, you know, what What if we'd done something? Had you sold it out? And she was just like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> she doesn't yeah, care if this like us. <laughs> His line was, one more date, and they would have had a Greek tragedy on their hands. <laughs> I loved it. It was so good. Yeah, and, it, and it, there was also a very odd bit as well when he says like yeah like did you think of that and she's just like no and he just said well I did <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> like, oh okay <laughs> and also the the revenge aspect of it from Montana's point of view yes so good she was basically just trying to get rid of Celeste for the entire time and just making it worse. <laughs> Love that. Uh, well, why don't we just kill this random girl? It's like, oh, it turned out to be the niece slash daughter of the main actress. <laughs> Damn it. All right. <laughs> In the end, it was just Montana being pushed out of the picture by everybody. <laughs> Love this. Yeah. And then... Uh, one of the things I found, and I don't know why I found it funny, but I just did, is the whole thing of Robert Downey Jr. just trying to get with <laughs> Montana. And every single thing she comes up with, was just like, well, not yet. Like, <laughs> yes. But, but then there's the one scene where she's arguing with him and she's just like, we were both naked. You were never naked. It's like, <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And we did find out that the reason why he wasn't getting anywhere with her was that she used to be a man, I think. Was the upshot yeah. of it. Yeah, she used yes. to be uh she used to be called Milton. Yeah. My yes. question is, what is Mr. Fuzzy? That was my question. All I, the I said I said I think we don't need to talk about that. And now I think we know what Mr. Fuzzy was. <laughs> yes, I, I think it was uh, the gun sticking into the hip there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, I did I did think it was an incredibly odd choice of line. Where <laughs> it was almost um, uh, try try not to turn too much, but have either of you two seen Greenway? I've seen okay. little bits of it, yeah. All right, well, the, uh, like Alan Statham is played by Mark Heap in that, and he is a very, very creepy and weird guy who is in a sort of relationship with the head of HR, mm. and he often will refer to 
either himself or acts in just these weird ways and that very much reminded me of that it's like you know well mr fuzzy you make an appearance oh my gosh yeah. so funny. it's just a little bit creepy and weird just a little bit so i thought i'd talk about some of the trivia right. that we found on found on imdb which is <clears throat> some of it pretty humorous all right so they had apparently there were extensive reshoots on this film because um, which forced Kevin Klein to withdraw from Hook and he was replaced by Robin Williams. Which I think oh, wow. is so good because Robin Williams, not as Peter Pan, that wouldn't have been as good. No, I, I yeah. mean, yeah, Robin Williams was Peter Pan. I mean, just... I mean it, it's awesome to know that Kevin Klein was, that they wanted him for that role because he is, he is wonderful, yes. but he doesn't have the he same have the comedic, magic. yeah. I can't yeah. imagine so that's interesting. such a hit without Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Let's see what else. Um, Burt Reynolds actually turned down the lead role that Kevin <laughs> Klein was in because Lonnie Anderson, his wife, told him that the whole Hollywood affair that he had with Sally Field, that everybody in Hollywood would laugh yeah. at them because they'd had a very public love affair. So he didn't take the role. <laughs> Can you imagine oh. Burt Reynolds in this? <laughs> I, I can, actually. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of would have fit the character. but uh, It would have fit Burt really well, I yeah. think. So, so is that why Kevin Klein had a moustache for this film? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> why does Kevin Klein do anything that he does? Yeah, well, this is true. I mean, I, I'll be honest, I, I really enjoy Kevin Klein in Wild Wild West. Even though I know the film's terrible, I still really enjoyed it. Yeah. And uh, I right. definitely got hints of his sort of weird side in that, and this is sort of <laughs> that to the to the nth degree. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kevin Klein was nominated for a Golden Globe for this film. Yes. Ah, yeah, yeah, sure. It was deserving, I but I, I'm heartily annoyed that Sally Field was not nominated for her performance. Yep. Yeah, no, it definitely, definitely should have. Uh, she should have been, been in there but... for sure. But no. So let's see what else is there. There was some other stuff on here that I thought was pretty interesting. Oh, um, the other stars that starred in soap operas besides besides Finola Hughes, Kevin Klein, Terry Hatcher, and Paul Johansson all starred in various soap yeah, operas really. uh, bef before they. Hit, hit it big, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yes. Yes, and uh, uh, for those of you who are like, Terry Hatcher, how do I know that name? It's like, yeah, they had Lois from Lois and Clark. And so yeah. it was <laughs> very inter a very interesting yeah. role. <laughs> she also did the voice of uh, Yzma in The Emperor's New Groove, and she was on a, <laughs> a show here that I can't remember the name of right now, but I don't think it, I don't think it went over there. So it had... It had David Spade in it, and I can't remember what the name of the show is. So, because my brain doesn't work anymore. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, she's pretty famous over here. <laughs> just, just a little bit, yeah. And uh, <laughs> just, hang on, just double checking. Just a Are bit. you sure she was Yzma? Uh, yeah. Hmm. I'm pretty sure. Hatcher? I don't think so. I think she was. <laughs> Let me uh, let me click and find out for sure. I'm pretty sure. I, I'm I'm fairly certain that the person that played Isma died a few years ago. Well, let's take a peek. <laughs>
Oh no, it was uh, Eartha Kitt. Uh, 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 yeah, Terry Hatcher played. Was it Pasha's wife? She was. Yes, thank uh. you. I just got the characters. <laughs> I got the characters mixed up. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I, I, yeah. yeah, it's such a iconic voice. Though. I was kind of like, well, I'm not sure. Yes, for sure. <laughs> I can't remember what's the name of the character uh, in here. I, I'll just kind of edit around that so it's just a lot shorter. <laughs> Just cut everything out except, yeah, Terry Hatcher's pretty famous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously. Just, she's... Yeah, it'll just end it. And Terry Hatcher. And then move on to the next one. And Terry Hatcher. Yay, moving on. Sorry about That's that. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, let me just do a quick check on time. Ah, okay. So, uh, so is, is there anything else you guys wanted to touch on before we just kind of try and wrap up here? Nope, no, I think I that's think about it for me. We covered all the important parts. All right. Uh, so why don't we end with just saying, obviously, like you guys really enjoyed it, and I I enjoyed bits and pieces of it, obviously. So uh, <laughs> uh, why don't we end with uh, our favorite bit from the film? So either a scene okay. or just even a bit of dialogue or whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alright, so why don't you guys go first this time? Okay, go okay. Uh, let's try to get my my notes back up because I closed. <laughs> okay, well I'll go instead then. <laughs> okay, so one of my favorite favorite parts of this film was um during the the scene in the scene where they were reading from the auto cue to see who was leaving the show when Kevin Klein was blind as a bat and couldn't read the words. <laughs> and he he was saying everything a little bit backwards and it just reminded me of classic comedy Allo Allo and Officer Crabtree where everything was a bit off oh <laughs> uh, yes yes and he Good had to be moment. corrected yes. but the things he was saying that were wrong were so funny <laughs> that was one of my favourite favourite parts yes and the course with uh, Sally Field just being like I think you mean this so, yes <laughs> you mean her brain will explode yes that's what I meant so yeah that was pretty good oh gosh there's so many fun parts of this movie <laughs> but I think I really like the part uh it com- the part that comes to mind where is where Laurie and Celeste are arguing about their whole situation as <laughs> as mother and daughter <laughs> and Lori says I don't give a shit what you're going through and she says there's no need to use that kind of language <laughs> I, just, I was like oh my god that's my mom That's <laughs> yeah. there's no reason to, to curse and also when um, in that kind of those two characters when Celeste started reaming off an, a script from an old episode of the soap and Lori was like isn't that from the Thanksgiving episode <laughs> Like yes. <laughs> when she was going, I just tried to be the best mother I could be, <laughs> yes. or whatever. It was, it was <laughs> oh, I like that. Just that ridiculous. There's just a lot of little one-liners. There's a line in there where the guy goes, I love your outfit or something, or I love your eyes. You have such beautiful eyes. And this actress goes, you should see my tits. <laughs> you know? like, uh. It's just dying. <laughs> Like the whole, Definitely. the whole film. 
I'm sorry. I didn't know if there was uh, cursing on your Oh, phone. there is. <laughs> okay. Okay. I've only listened to one episode uh, recently, and, and it's been a while since I listened to since the co since your co-host went on hiatus. So, um, I, yeah, I just... Oh, that, that, <laughs> that's fine. Yes, uh, life gets in the way. <laughs> yes. Um, but, yeah, I think possibly my favorite bit in it, it's just... a. A really weird bit, and it is is Kevin Klein. Is when Robert Downey Jr. goes to see him and then get, offer him the job, and of course uh, he's just yelling over everything that's going around in the dinner theater thing. And so Robert Downey Jr. goes in to say, "I'm here for this bit." And he just starts going, "No, <laughs> it was awful." <laughs> and then he just said, "Like, yeah, I'd like to give you the job." Oh. Oh, okay, well, why don't we go? Yes. I think so mostly just Kevin Klein is the reason to watch this. I would happily just watch the scenes that he's in. <laughs> Skip everything else. <laughs> well, it's really very For funny. me, as long as you're not trying to keep track of whether they're, <laughs> they're filming, filming, and the soap on the movie, <laughs> it's an easy watch. Just don't try and figure out whether they're in real life or in the soap. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I will say there is actually one scene that I genuinely do not know if it is a scene that they're filming for the soap or if it was a scene that was supposed to have happened in the reality of the film. Yes. <laughs> and it's when they're talking in a house and it's like it's Celeste and Kevin Klein's character and Montana and I think Bolt or whatever. And they're just all talking and the, the guy turned up to us comes through the door it's like what are you doing here well I was over here it's like I genuinely don't remember is that supposed to be in the soap no. or if it was supposed to have happened <laughs> I don't really want to know I, no. I'm just... yeah there, there was a lot of moments where I was like are they filming in this what but aside from that it's such an easy fun watch go for it yeah I, yeah. yeah definitely if you're a fan of soaps at all you'll enjoy it and I was able to really enjoy the meta humor in it, so that that's kind of what got me through it, as well as just watching some people having a lot of fun with their roles. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah I'd say if you if you like the actors, any of the actors, any like comedy, go ahead and give yeah. it a watch. You'll you'll probably think it's funny. And for people that watch soap operas, this they probably have watched it, but for 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 those who haven't. This movie is to soap operas as Spaceballs is to science fiction. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I would say that's true. <laughs> yeah, you kind of have to get it to to laugh in some yeah. parts for sure. But uh, but it is overall pretty funny. So uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. one of my favorites. Well, there you go. I can see why you picked it. <laughs> yeah. I'm so pleased that I've now good. seen it because I loved it. <laughs> Oh, and also, I mean, don't we're a little defensive about our chosen television show watching mm -hmm. habit, but you know, it's all in good yeah. fun. So we're we're not we're like not, how dare you? Not, not like that. People. Just <laughs> no, no, no. All right. Well, well, thank you for coming on and uh, talking about this one. Though. It's been a lot oh, of fun. Thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why don't you tell people where they can find you? Sure thing. We are available on all the podcatchers and all of the um, all the places on the internet. <laughs> we have a Facebook. We have an Instagram. We have a Twitter. Yeah. You just 
Just well, Google the Soapy Madams podcast. We're at Blazing you, Caribou uh, Studios. If you search for at Soapy Madams Pod, you will find us on the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Yeah. We're yeah. everywhere. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> and we hope that you'll agree to come on our show. <laughs> We'd like you to watch an American soap opera with us and come on the show and talk about it for, you just watch for a week and come on. We have occasionally got a guest podcaster that we have them, if they're American, we have them watch the British mm-hmm. show. And if they are British, we have them watch the American show. And then we come on and laugh about it. And it's a real good time. <laughs> All right, I will seriously consider taking you up on it. <laughs> Please do, because I think you would probably have a blast. <laughs> well, here's her. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, well, thanks for coming on. And uh, I, I hope that you'll consider coming on again, maybe even reviewing something that's not soap-related. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Unless, sure. unless you want to go meta with it and say, let's review Fight Club. I think I think that would just be interesting to have people that review soaps just come and review Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> See if we can find commonalities. <laughs> yeah, yeah else, like, we probably could. <laughs> yeah. That is a very soapy plot if you think about it. I was so. going to say I'm sure you could find something yeah. you your task would be to find three different soaps that had at least something in common with the plot line. <laughs> right. <laughs> that would be funny. All right. Well, oh. yeah, thanks for coming on. And obviously, they said where you can find them. As I said at the beginning, you can find us pretty much anywhere that you find social media feeds slash podcasts. Just search Blockbusters. We're there. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. 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 In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Hang on a minute, lads. I've got a great idea. Uh, Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Hi there, Paul here with a quick theatre etiquette lesson for you. Did you know that opening a bag of candy can take less than five seconds?